Welcome, everybody. For those of you that have been tuning in to the first few minutes of the live stream, uh, we've had some interesting convos, but we are here today for our first ever live all-in podcast. I'm one of your extremely good-looking co-hosts, Eli Cooper, and I'm joined by my partner in crime. I'm not sure where he's at on the screen that you're looking at currently, but my guy, Mike Badzik, is in the building today. How you doing, man? Doing good. The uh, the other extremely good-looking co-host is in the building, and we have a plethora of co-hosts with us. We've got a whole crew today. Yeah. Woo! So, as you guys can see, um, some guests who have previously been on our podcast before have joined us again. We'll start with my guy, Todd, who's joined us the most for NBA stuff. How's it going, Todd? It's going great. We got a live show, full house. I'm ready to go. I'm bringing the heat today. Yes, the Kendrick okay. Perkins, the Kendrick Perkins of the All In podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then we gotta introduce my guy, who's also a part of the All NFC panel. Just turned twenty five, so he can hey, now rent a car. Hey. Wow! Deshaun Turner is in the building today. People, how you doing, my guy? I'm good. I'm good. I'm feeling great. Loving some life right now. Appreciate you, you can joining. Go, the- you can go ahead. If you ain't here, you can go ahead, drop me the belated birthdays. That'd be appreciated. You see yeah, the name? The cash here. app. Yes. They don't you guys... I am dropping my cash <laughs> app for y'all. <laughs> send, you, send me a buck or two. So everybody tuning into the live right now, feel free to run up the comment section on anything we're discussing. Um, you know, have free dialogue there. Uh, make sure you like. If you don't already subscribe to the channel, uh, go ahead and do that as well. And before. Finally, we have to get to our last guest, our uh, mock draft expert, Taylor Antisto. How's it going, bro? Awesome, man. Excited to be here. Excited for the first live show. It's been a while, man. We missed you. <laughs> I know. It has been a while. Good to be back, well, though. We Peach Mango you, Mamba is in the house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today... As you guys know, we are doing our version of the NBA awards, um, and we're going to take it a little bit further. We have some additional awards that we're going to hand out today, um, and we'll get to those in just a second. Um, so just to give everybody kind of a, you know, inside look to how we came to these awards, uh, all five of us voted based on the nominees that the NBA picked and chose uh, for the official awards, at least from those candidates. Um, and then we kind of just threw our own names in there for uh, some of the additional awards that we're doing. So uh, we're going to start with the all NBA teams voted on by yours truly. And we'll start with the first team. For the guards, none other than year 17, King James. The other guard position, James Harden of the Houston Rockets. The forward position, Kawhi Leonard of the Los Angeles Clippers. At the other forward position, another possible MVP candidate, Giannis Antetokounmpo, a.k.a. the Greek Freak. And at the center position, Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers. So, this, Go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, Iris, I'm not surprised we're unanimous in the, the first team. Iris, I think those guys have a pretty big impact on the NBA. So. Correction, we, are, we were not unanimous on the first team. Oh, who, who, switch, who switched it up? Who, who had him? Hold up. Eli was the only one. We all had that team except Eli had Luca on first team instead of Kawhi. I did, and the reason for that is – Luca had an incredible season statistically, and I had LeBron at a forward position, even though I know he played a lot of point guard. So obviously that would have bumped out. LeBron actually would have bumped out Kawhi Leonard, in my opinion, because I had him listed as a forward. So that's really the only discrepancy uh, that I would have. Kawhi obviously is deserving there, so I'm not no gripe really with that. Right. I was just going to say, that's a great point. Like this year, allowing the, the positions to be more free, allowing to pick where we want to pick people. And I think you're right. Like if it would have been more traditional, I think Kawhi definitely gets bumped in most years, but he's definitely, I think he's definitely going to sneak in there this year for the real award as well. Right. So I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of forgot that you can, you could do that. I probably would have had Kawhi in there because uh, he had an excellent year, averaged like 27, seven and five, um, you know, yeah. but Lucas deserving in my opinion as well. So um, I think our list there is pretty good. Um, so we're going to move on to the second team now. Can you tell me who, can you tell me who most people had at uh, point guard right here, second team? Can you say that a lot louder, please? On the second team, uh, the first guard that we have huh? listed is Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah, my guy. Of the Oklahoma <laughs> City Thunder. Uh, as you guys can see, Sean is an avid Chris Paul apologist. Yeah, <laughs> leads the league in Chris Paul playoff excuses. <laughs> All right, it's cool. I already said at least my two biggest stars on my team are injury problem, man. Mm. Are we gonna hit it. I mean, are I we guess. going right where it hurts. We going right where it hurts. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, the second guard position is someone who has been in the news quite a bit recently. I think we should talk about him for a second. After we get through, after we get through the team, we'll we'll come back to this guy, Damian Lillard. Damian yeah. Lillard, who is having an Dang excellent dollar. bubble right now, um, and has been all over the media with his beefs with Pat Bev, Paul George, and most recently Skip Bayless. I don't know. People keep keep fueling this guy, and he just he keeps just having stopped. incredible <laughs> games right after. Anyway, he's killing, he's killing my people. guy. Too bad. Coop, I thought you meant uh, Skip Bayless. People keep fueling that guy. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, people uh, do keep fueling Skip Bayless. People need well. to leave him alone. <laughs> well, someone said that Dame made Skip Bayless so mad he praised LeBron. And I could not stop <laughs> laughing. Uh, so we'll get to the forward position now. And Luka Doncic is at our first forward spot. Again, he qualifies for both as a two or a three. Uh, the other forward went to Jimmy Butler of the Miami Heat. He had an incredible season this year. And at the center spot, Nikola Jokic came in at the at the five spot. Any yep. gripes about the second I got one. team? I got one. Oh, yeah, I know you do. Well, here's the thing. Okay. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read a couple of statistics to you, okay? One okay. of these players averaged – one of these point guards averaged 19 and a half and seven and a half assists um, and is arguably one of the best defensive point guards in the league. One of these guys averaged 17 and a half points, six and a half assists, and is also a really good 
um, defender. Not not as good as the first guy I mentioned. The first guy I mentioned is probably the best player on the second seed in the Eastern Conference. I'm talking about Kyle Lowry. Drum, yeah, drum roll, and, please. And the <laughs> second player I'm talking about is Chris Paul. And I love oh. Chris Paul. And I love Chris Paul. No, I love Chris Paul. I'm all, oh, I love man. Chris Paul. But I'm just saying, if we're looking at this objectively and we're not saying Chris Paul surprised us this year, if we're not saying Chris Paul is older so he gets a little bit of bonus points <laughs> this year, I think Lowry deserves the spot over Chris Paul. And I have Chris Paul in my third team. Mm-mm. Okay. And uh, Chris Paul had like a 0.2% chance to make it into the playoffs this year. They're buying for a six seed. I think the Raptors have a more talented cast around them. And maybe a little Chris Paul is old and put the team on his back. But like the best fourth <laughs> quarter numbers in the NBA this year. Yeah, yeah I think there's something to be said crazy. for that. Come on, give it up, Mike. Come on. No, I'm not giving it up. On, I, I'm man. still taking Lowry. And Lowry has – I think Lowry's still been more impressive. I, you know, I think the Raptors maintaining the two seed is just as impressive as the Thunder achieving a five or six seed. I, right? I mean, I, no, I, if, you, I if you were watching the preseason shows, the Raptors were projected – a lot of people had them out of the playoffs. A lot of people had them six, seven, eight seeds, if that high. I think mm-hmm. it's just as impressive to take that team to the two seed. Now, I think – if we're looking at it now and we're saying, yeah, they have, he has more talent around him. Mm-hmm. You can make some arguments. The Thunder do not have a bad team around Chris Paul. I mean, we're yeah. going to talk Sean. I know Sean voted for Shea Gilgis Alexander as his most improved player. He didn't win, but I know you voted for that. Mm-hmm. Dennis Schroeder is getting a lot of looks for six man of the year. Steven Adams is a legitimate NBA center. Who's pretty good defensively, especially Danilo Gallinari. One of my all time favorites. Very, very solid player. Like, I'm telling you, like, the Thunder aren't that bad. We're giving Chris no, Paul, I think, I think we're giving Chris Paul a little bit oh, too much credit. Just a they're little gonna be, bit. They're going to beat the Rockets in the first round, for what it's worth. Maybe. Um, but that's another subject for another show. <laughs> uh, so those of you tuning in, <laughs> let's we'll, we'll let the fans settle this. If you're tuning in, comment Kyle Lowry or Chris Paul. I think your bigger gripe, Mike, if you're one of if you're gonna fight, go to bat here for a Raptor, should be Siakam over Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Why is Siakam not over Jimmy Butler? Uh, no, I, 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 maybe I, I had Siakam third team and Butler second team, but I just, I just think it's because what Butler has done for Miami is really a lot, even probably more than Siakam's done for Toronto. And Siakam's putting up great numbers, and he's taking a leap this year. Uh, but I think Butler has just had an entire culture shift on Miami starting defensively. And he's the number one option for them where Siakam's not really the number one option. So, Hey, I'm just, maybe I'm just saying that. So nobody thinks I'm always Raptors biased, but <laughs> we're splitting hairs. If you don't we're splitting hairs with that one. He is. We're splitting hairs. Fair enough. But here's a question. I have a question. So if we, it, so we're doing these teams based on uh, the regular season before the bubble. Right. So if we included the bubble, I'll throw this to everyone, I guess. If we're including the bubble, maybe we'll start with Taylor here. If we're including the bubble, does Dame jump to first team over Harden or Kawhi? Over Harden. No, no, no. no. Over over Kawhi. Over Kawhi. Well, you can't put him over Kawhi. Well, I guess if you move LeBron. No. I would take him over Kawhi. Okay. Okay, Dave. Damian Lillard. I, I mean, one of the best point guards in the in the league. 
I'm not putting him over LeBron, and I'm not putting him over James Harden because of what seven games because of must win games every single night, right? Like they don't have win. They have to win every night. He feels he's putting his team on his back, and he's he's going off. But I don't think these six last seven games. I don't think that warrants him a first team, right? Like, I mean, is Devin Booker a third team candidate now because of these? Because he goes seven and zero, like no. No, fuck that. I mean, that's not, that's, not the, that's not the same argument. But... Yeah, that's not really the same argument. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I get. I don't that. know. I'd put him. I'd put. I think I could switch Lillard and Kawhi, move LeBron to a forward. I'd be totally yeah. cool with that. Yeah, I don't think we're putting him over LeBron, and maybe not even James Harden. But I think a legitimate argument can be made for him over Kawhi. Yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing: he's still going to be on a sub 500 team. That's true, and I don't know if you can be All NBA first team on a sub 500 team. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. So, let's what if talk we do about if we do bump Kawhi out because his 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 point was James Harden and where at where is where is the Rockets at in their conference in the check. West without James Harden? They're fourth right no, now. Right now, it. right now they're fourth. Right. So if they go into the playoffs, who are they end up playing if they drop from that five spot? They're, they're probably going to play the Thunder. They probably play yeah. the Thunder if they drop to that five spot. Four and five? Yeah. They'd Four and five play each other. Yeah. I got you. I think he's comfortable there. I think that's why you I think that's why you see them experimenting with what they're doing. Because I think if they move up, say they move up to that third spot and beat Denver out, then you have to play Utah. So everybody wants to the, play Utah. But I think everybody wants the, to play Utah. I don't know if I want to play Utah over the Thunder. Not if I'm the Rockets. Not if I'm the Rockets. They couldn't they couldn't think uh, you couldn't picture somebody in that tier that would dominate you more on the glass against P.J. Tucker than Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert get played off the court. Right, I think that's, they'd love to play the Jazz. That's the counter. Yeah. Thinks, okay. I mean. I don't think – I mean, who's guard? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, guess I, want, I want Rudy Gobert post-touches all day. Give me that. <laughs> give me the Rockets. Yeah, like if that's the offense, if that's your option, like give it to Rudy Gobert. That's nah, that. Oh, yeah. I'd rather have – I'd rather have Victor Jokic. Mm, Jokic will kill you. Mm, true. That's fair. All fair arguments. Uh, but let's let's it. get moving on to the third team. Uh, so this is where Mike's beloved Kyle Lowry falls uh, at the first guard spot. The second guard spot goes to Chris Middleton. Uh, the first forward spot goes to the light-skinned killer, Jason Tatum. The other forward spot goes to Siakam, and the uh, third team All NBA center position goes to Rudy Gobert. Any gripes that we have here? No. Uh, right. I had I had, oh, oh, I had the we? light skin killer on second team. Okay, let's put okay. that out there. <laughs> I did. I did see that in the vo- in the voting. So who'd you take him over? Uh, Butler. I put Butler third team. And I Butler think third. I agree with everything Mikey said about I think Jimmy Butler just totally is all in Miami culture. And I think that he is the number one option and all, all the stuff we went through. But I think that, you know, Tatum and Siakam have pretty similar numbers. I'll give it that, you know, Siakam did was on, you know, a, a seed higher. But I think Tatum is that true number one option. He's uh-huh. the guy. He's the star. And the Celtics are no joke. And I just think that Tatum, I guess, you know, maybe this isn't fair, but 
you know, his projection for the rest of the season without this stoppage, I think that that tear doesn't stop. I think that that is who Jason Tatum is now. And I think that, you know, I, maybe it's a little projecting, but I think that he, even over the course of the season that was played, I think he deserved that second team spot. Fair enough. I, I wanted to put Tatum higher up on my list. I don't think I had him on any of my all NBA teams. I just, Neither did I. I couldn't, I couldn't really find a spot for him over. And that's mostly because I had LeBron as a forward. So like that bumped Kawhi to second team. And then that mm-hmm. bumped, you know what I mean? Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler to like third team or something like that. So you know, maybe if I put LeBron at a guard spot, I can squeeze him in there. Um, but, yeah. I, I didn't have him on a team either. And I had, I had Ben Simmons on that third team. I think he's the best defensive guard in the league. I know yeah. maybe, I did, maybe I did it just for Coop. <laughs> he's the best defensive guard in the league. He was, you know, a really good piece on a good Sixers team. Tatum just, I don't know. I'm not all the way in on Tatum yet. Maybe I am all the way in on him going forward, but as far as this season, I mean, he averaged 23, so yeah. he's, that's solid. That's solid. 23, solid. He was um, a little streaky for me, though. Like there were months where he was bad. You know, so. yeah, like the beginning of the season, he was not that great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I don't know. Like 16, eight, and eight is super tough, and I agree. Best defensive, like guard, one of the best defensive players, period, in the whole league. But I think just the Sixers taste in my mouth. I couldn't do it. I wanted to put him on there over Lowry. <laughs> yeah. But I just couldn't, like, there's something, uh, there's just, I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't do it. I just, like, the Sixers is such a disappointment. And, yeah. I mean, he has so much more potential than he's already showing. I just, I couldn't put him on there. So what about Gobert, though? Because I, because I had Gobert on my third team. And I don't know if anybody else had Gobert on their teams or not. I, I, so, so Gobert, like, gets a lot of shit. And, and, Sod is all the way out on Gobert. Rightfully but so. He averaged 15 and 13 and a half, two blocks, 70% from the field. He's still one of the best two or three defensive centers in the league, right? Easily. So what's, what, what do you hate about him so much? That he uh, gave everybody COVID. Teammates. Yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> his teammates don't like him. He complains <laughs> constantly. I don't know. Is that matter for this? No, but no. I'm saying that, like, overall – but okay, but here's the thing. Who's more – so I put Adebayo on my third team. And Adebayo, is, a, Adebayo oh. is an offensive threat. He's a defensive threat. He's a better switch onto smaller guys. He has some great advanced metrics. And, like, okay, maybe it is a little biased, but if, like, we're doing this on who are the best players, I want Adebayo on my team over Gobert this year. Fair enough. That's fine. That's fine. That's fair, but I still think it's biased because maybe they the Jazz don't need to lean on Rico Bird to be another score option or even a ball handler for that matter, like they do in Miami. That's why and I said that's why I put Jimmy on my third team and not Tatum because like Mike said, he completely came in and flipped the complete culture. I was watching him play the other day and they were up fourteen points. Fourteen points with around five minutes to go. And they just had people taking jump shots the entire time, shot themselves out of that win, and end up losing. If you have Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler on the floor, that doesn't happen. That's facts. Taylor, who was your third team? Sorry. I, so I had two, two things that were different. I had Ben Simmons over Chris Middleton. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have an argument with, with Middleton, but I just think, I mean, everything you guys said about Ben Simmons being the best defensive guard, I mean, why, is he, he's like 6'9". Uh, most steals in the league, right? 2.1 steals 
a game. Like, he can guard literally anybody on the floor. So versatile, um, other than shooting, I guess. And then I actually had Joel Embiid on my third team. I did, too, Taylor. I did, too. So, I mean, like, and like I said, that that 76ers, you know, stink to it. I get it. Like, him and Ben Simmons don't really play that great together. What would they finish? They're sixth. Like, that's a huge disappointment. I don't, I don't know. Um, but he's one, he's like one of the most dominant, he is the most dominant big man, like old school center in the, in the game right now. Right. And he yes. is a little bit come and go. I get that. You know, it's frustrating to watch. It's frustrating that somebody has to, you know, poke him to even maybe to get a quarter out of him sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. He still hasn't really gotten shape. I get it. But like, he's still one of the most dominant bigs in the league. I find it hard to take, keep him off an all NBA team. I like that. Fair enough. I like that. All right. So those are our all NBA teams. Um, for those of you uh, that are tuning in right now, we will be posting an article on the website here uh, with the list of all the awards and the all NBA teams that we voted on here. Um, so you guys have record and an article to look at to see that. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, and I think it's about time now we move on to the awards that we picked personally to add on to the official ones. Now, right after we had announced that we were going to add some awards, the NBA announced uh, that they were going to do like a bubble MVP and bubble awards. Um, so I feel as though the NBA should have at least given credit to our idea. Uh, yes. They clearly listened to the podcast, <laughs> but you know, content creators, baby. They, Tell them about and, you. and 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 I know they did. Here's and here's why because they actually got at us for a copyright infringement uh, on two on an on our second to last episode. Uh-huh. So we can't monetize that episode because we use NBA highlights. So Boo, NBA, <laughs> the NBA, the NBA watches our podcast. No, I'm kidding. Um, they lurking so, out there. They watching you. We're going to start with the most disappointing team. Now, this is throughout the season, not just for the bubble. Uh, disappointing team. And this one almost went unanimous. <laughs> and it was, unfortunately, my Philadelphia Sixers. And I feel I should be the one to talk about this here. So, <laughs> I agree. Here's, here's my only thing. I almost didn't put the Sixers because I knew they were going to be bad when they signed out Horford. So I wasn't disappointed. I knew it was coming. I knew that fit was never going to happen. And they finished in the sixth seed. However, with the talent that they have, they, they should be a better basketball team, plain and simple. It's, the problem is the pieces don't fit. And, and that's clear as day. Um, so they certainly were disappointing this year. Just me personally, I was not surprised because when you try to put a point guard who doesn't shoot jump shots on the floor with – Embiid, who loves to post up, and then you're going to add another center, which is what Al Horford is, not a power forward. He's a center. You try to add that into the mix, you're, you're asking not to have any spacing on the floor and not to have any kind of offensive fluency. So that results in you being a six seed. Mm-hmm. And how about the defense, too? They should be the greatest, like, you know, on paper, one of the best defensive teams of all time. And for whatever reason, even on defense, those pieces just don't fit. Exactly. And I think that's where the disappointment comes in is because regardless of how you fit offensively, they really shouldn't have had any defensive issues. I don't think. Um, I think their biggest problem defensively is like, don't get me wrong. Embiid's an excellent rim protector 
Um, but like we have talked about a few times on the show, he cannot guard in pick and roll situations. And that is like the, the play or set that is run 90% of the time in today's NBA. So is he really that effective for us defensively if he can't defend in those situations? I think he can defend in those situations. I think he's just lazy half the time. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree a hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent is that it's, it's laziness. Um, and maybe it's cause he has to carry such an offensive workload. I don't know, but it, you can't tell me that Rudy Gobert can defend in pick and roll situations and Joel Embiid can't physically, you know what yeah. I mean? From a physical standpoint, there's no reason that Joel Embiid can't move his, his feet on defense. Simple as that. But I understand the Sixers. Now, Taylor, you had the Pelicans as your most disappointing team. I think you're the only person who didn't vote for the Sixers. What was your reasoning behind the Pelicans? We're talking all season, right? Yes, all season. Well, the Pelicans, and listening to, you know, gambling podcasts before the season, right, this was a lock on, I don't know what, what podcast I was listening to. There were a lock at like 43, 42 and a half games going over, right? That was their lock, mm-hmm. right? They got this this new influx of talent, like, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Zion. I get Zion was hurt, but I mean, I don't even. They're not even on the on the list that I wrote down for the 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 current standings, right? Like they right. completely they collapsed in the bubble. Um, I don't know. I, I I guess you could say that it's Zion. You know, maybe you guys didn't vote for him because because Zion was out, and you know he didn't have a chance to impact the team. But I don't know. I just expected more from them, even even without Zion. I thought they had a good enough core without him that they could have, you know, gave himself, a, gave himself like a more reasonable shot. They would have been closer once Zion came into the picture. They just came out flat. Remember in the beginning of the season, they were on TNT like every night. Yep. TNT every night. And it's like, <laughs> it's like uh, 60 national games and he didn't play in any of them. Right. It's like, that was, it was easy to go to bed at 1030 when the Pelicans were on. It was like, all right, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, that's boring, you right. know. You know, that's one of the hardest things, like 1030 at night, you know, I can watch the Kings and the the Warriors, Curryless Warriors play. But like the Pelicans uh-huh. are just like, again, you yeah. know, I know they were anticipating Zion, it's just flat. They were just flat. <laughs> I don't know. And then even with Zion, they did, they did get a little bit hot, but then in the bubble, I guess minute restrictions, I get it, but it's three months. Why is he on minute? I don't, I, I don't understand. I guess I missed something. I don't understand the minute restrictions in the, in the bubble. They had no shot. They were done. Well, so he, they're my they're my biggest. Business. He was quite large in the bubble. I think that's mm-hmm. why they put him on minute restriction. He was the gumbo. Large. He, <laughs> he they took pictures of him in the between the break, and he looked ripped, and then he was so big. Yeah, Don't so angles. I, I think he's the Pelicans certainly were disappointing in the bubble. Um, I don't think, but I think that's because like we didn't really expect Zion to be on that much of a minute, fifteen minutes of a minute restriction. I didn't expect that. I would say like maybe 25 to 30, but they had him on a 15. You can't, you can't really do anything with that. So from the standpoint where you, even if you're looking at it, like I, I didn't vote for them because Zion was hurt. But if you look at it, like you were expecting the Pelicans to win 42 games, like regardless of who was healthy, like that's disappointing that Zion wasn't able to play most of those games. So, you know, that's a valid pick. Um, yeah. So and really everyone on their roster besides Brandon Ingram, was pretty disappointing. Yeah, yeah. And are yeah. we sure Alvin Gentry's a good coach? This is a whole other thing, but I, no. I don't love he's him. He's fired, bro. He's gone. I don't love him. He's gone. I think he's gone, yeah. He's gone. 
He's gone. Gone. Should be. I hope. They're going to get Ty Lue. David Griffin. David Griffin, Ty Lue connection. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. So disappointing player was the next category that we had. Uh, and this award, unfortunately, went to Mike Conley of the <laughs> Utah Jazz. Uh, and most of us, except for one person again, had Mike Conley. And Todd was the person mm-hmm. who didn't have Mike Conley. So give us your reasoning for Zion. So this is uh, beat up on the Pelicans corner. But uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so bottom line, 19 games, not great. And, you know, like Taylor was saying, a lot of televised games, didn't get to see him out there. Once he comes out there, great. Like, he's doing his thing. He looks promising. Minutes restriction, I get. For me, though, I'm taking into account that we had four months off. He comes back. He's still in a minutes restriction. And also the defense this year was bad. Not even like, oh, you know, he's, he's trying hard, but he doesn't know where – no, like, he was lazy. He was lethargic. He didn't know where to be. And occasionally he uses his athleticism to get a block or something. But I think overall the offense is there. But long-term, I still don't trust the three-point shooting. I think defensively he's going to have to get a lot, lot better. And overall, I mean, just from my perspective, the only playing 19 games just really was – this was supposed to be the year of Zion. And this was Mm. supposed to be this – you know, I really did expect, like, just whatever it is, just a huge storm. And – you know, I think overall it was underwhelming. For all the hype that we spent all offseason talking about Zion, I think by far this was the most underwhelming part of the season. Wow. Right. Things on every night, man. Every night. Yeah. I agree. So, I agree. But but so are we out on Zion time? Are we I'm out? Not out on Zion. Uh, but I'm but <laughs> we do this redraft, you're taking jaw. Oh, it's early for that. It's early for that. Yeah. I would say I'm taking Joe. I got all the going on my let's, let's hold on. Let's leave the redraft to the expert. Okay. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the guy that writes the article. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're not going on Mike Conley now. Sure. Go ahead. Go crazy. <laughs> Biggest disappointment for me. Let me read Why? you a few things. Okay. Go ahead. I only got in around good. 47 games. So a lot less games than he came off last year. Closer to 70. Yeah. Went from 21 points to 14 points, so scoring a lot less. Shot less field goals, which makes sense. Shooting percentage went down. Three-point percentage stayed around the same. He's not in the passing lanes as much, so his defense dropped and less assists. I just think for him to go into Utah and you swap out Rubio, you think they're going to get much better flow of offense. And it doesn't look like that from them. And that actually even touches on my opinion on Donovan Mitchell. I think he's a little bit overrated. That's honest. Like, he, he's yes, clearly he right. Say but it. He just, he just doesn't have – he doesn't – what's up, Mike? <laughs> Give me that look. He just they, doesn't they have – I think the Jazz know, have looked okay in the bubble. I don't know. They he thought Donovan Mitchell him. was so much better than Ben Simmons. I, I smell mm-hmm. – I call bull. I call <laughs> mm. He's not that bad. He's pretty good. He's okay. Quinn Snyder like is the best part. I like Quinn Snyder. Has he improved since he was a rookie? Is the question. Well, that might that might be something. That might be yeah. something. I, I don't think say. he has. Now, back to Mike Conley. I agree. Uh like I thought Mike Conley was gonna be a perfect fit, uh a much or a much better fit than Ricky Rubio. And and like Rubio wasn't bad at all with the Jazz last year, I I would mm-hmm. say. Um, but I thought Mike Conley was going to give them like this pit bull, you know, defender at the point guard position. 
Um, he can play off the ball. He can give them a secondary playmaker as well. Um, I think his off the ball abilities like complemented Donovan Mitchell more than Rubio did. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't look comfortable for whatever reason. He didn't look comfortable, I guess, playing off the ball, maybe that much. I don't know, but he didn't, he didn't elevate this jazz team. Like I thought he might. True. Yeah. Um, you know, I will say about Mike Conley, I think maybe we were expecting too much. Oh, he's only maybe. scored he, He's only scored 20 points a game twice in his career. He's not – like, he never has been this guy who was – I mean, he scored 14 yeah. this year in less minutes. Now, obviously, watching the games, like, it was pretty noticeably not great yeah. for yeah. a lot of it. But I'm just saying, I don't know that – and really, the point that he was at in his career coming off of Memphis, Memphis might have got out at a good time. It's kind of like when – well, maybe it's not like this, but when Pujols signed that huge deal in 2011 – it's like he was coming off his worst year ever with the Cardinals, and then he signs a huge deal, and then he sucks with the Angels, and everyone's like, oh, why does he suck? And it's like, well, he's been kind of trending this way now. Like, we shouldn't be that surprised that a guy this age is trending this way. So I was also disappointed. He also was my pick. Uh, but maybe, you know, hey, I, I cut some slack. Okay, fair enough. You know what Mike Conley reminds me of? Ooh. For one, he, he was he's supposed to be – you know, he's a good defensive player. He was horrible, horrible mm. defensive player, getting torched mm. defensively, right? Yeah. And then you expect Donovan Mitchell to pick up – now, getting torched defensively, that doesn't help. He, what he reminds me of is uh, there's, like, a magic number in, like, the NFL for running backs. It's like, yeah, yeah he's good, but once he hits 31, falls off a cliff. I feel like yeah. that's kind of what happened here. He's just like – I don't know, how old is he, 32, 33? Mike Conley. It just yeah. falls off a cliff, right? He was probably yeah. trending down a little bit. Grizzlies were so-so, you know, he might, you know, he might have got, you know, looked at in a different way because the team wasn't that good around him. Goes to the Jazz, high hopes, but like what Mike said, kind of trending downward. 32, falls off a cliff, can't defend anybody, really can't shoot. I don't know. He's never been a great yeah. three-point shooter. And also to defend Ricky Rubio, I think he kind of fits in. I think Ricky Rubio, he always knows where to be. You love um, Ricky you Rubio. For, if you don't ask him for too much, he gives you, you know, he gives you what he asked for, right? He's not he's solid. They got, they got scores. He's a solid player, solid. right? I don't he's think solid. your team doesn't get worse with Ricky Rubio. He doesn't elevate you, but your team doesn't okay. get worse. Yeah. I mean, Another Ricky thing on Conley Rubio, real quick. With Mike Conley, the team got worse. That's that's my defensive for Ricky Okay. Uh, I was just going to say real quick, the, you know, Mike Conley career assist uh, totals are always pretty low. And I think it's because, you know, he just came – playing with a big guy like Gobert is totally different than, like, his prime years with Memphis. Like, Gasol is a yeah. totally different – run the offense almost through Gasol a lot. And, yeah. you know, Gobert's Zero. primarily a picking pick – yeah, just run downhill, try and get some blocks in defense. And I think, you know, and just ultimately you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You know, Donovan Mitchell's probably the go-to guy. Bogdanovich mm-hmm. has been great for them, off-ball stuff. And I think he and just trying to find that fit, he just could not find it all year long. Yeah. So, sorry, Mike He looked Conley. pretty good. He looked pretty good in the bubble, though. I will say bubble, that. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah with no Bogdanovich. Yeah. Yeah, no Bogdanovich, huh? So, maybe that's whose fault it is. All right. <laughs> Put on Bogdan. <laughs> bubble MVP. Now, <clears throat> the man, the myth, the legend took this one. Damian Lillard, a.k.a. Yep. Dame Dollar, a.k.a. the Oakland Assassin. I, I I think we just mostly call him Dame Dollar. I think 
going to say, uh, I, have, I have not heard those nicknames before. <laughs> those were those were truly off off the top of the head, off the top of the head. But uh, yeah, Dame Dollar takes the bubble MVP, and me and Taylor voted otherwise. So I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to start. Sorry, Taylor, and tell you why. First of all, my vote came before the 61-point game. So I want to make that abundantly clear. It was before he dropped 61. Actually, Mike texted me last night, and I almost changed my vote afterwards. <laughs> Second of all, he gave my, he gave my Sixers 56. I should, let me rephrase. He gave my Sixers 56 the day before I voted. So maybe there was a little animosity there, okay? That's possible. No, but the real reason is Devin Booker's Phoenix Suns are 7-0. and 7-0, and and he's about to get them into the playing game. I, I firmly believe that the Suns, because they're going to beat whoever they play tomorrow, that eight, all the 8 seed race will be decided tomorrow. Grizzlies play uh, the Bucks, and yeah. Giannis is suspended, but I, they've been so bad, I still don't have faith that they're going to win that game. Uh, I forget who Portland and, and, and Phoenix Por- play. Portland plays the Nets, uh, Phoenix plays the Mavericks, and the Spurs play the Jazz. Okay, so much easier games, in my opinion, all winnable games. Uh, Spurs mm. probably have the toughest one of the other three, in my opinion, because um, the Mavs don't have much to play for. So I think that's a winnable game. I think we see the Suns and the Blazers <laughs> in the playing game. Um, and really, we didn't give the Suns any chance at getting to that point. We gave the Blazers a chance. Mm. You know, I think, yeah. I think a lot of people expect that, the Blazers to at least put a fight up for that spot. Mm-hmm. No one thought the Suns would be there. And yeah. it's been all because of Devin Booker, to be quite frank. Other guys have played well, don't get me wrong. But Devin yeah. Booker has been a flat-out stud. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, they have had like, – Phoenix has had some guys step up, like just – and maybe not even stepping up, but just from, like, shooting-wise. Like, mm-hmm. they're on fire from three. The whole team, Pitt and North Carolina, we can share this guy. Cam Johnson has been Cam. actually yeah. pretty good. That's my guy. Like, that's Probably. my guy too. Well, you know, until he abandoned us, he was my guy. But yeah, <laughs> how about this? You know, Cam Johnson, that we thought was a terrible draft pick. He's looked okay. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, who obviously Luca probably should have been the pick there, but he's looked really solid too. Yeah. How about this? Robert Sarver, the best owner in sports? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> No. No? No. 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 Monty. Monty. Uh, Give it up for Monty. Yeah, yeah man, shout yeah. out Monty Williams, man. Yeah, you got the boys yeah. playing out there in Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Dame Dollar, uh, I think, wh- is a is worthy. But oh, go ahead, Taylor. One quick point. The one reason and whatever you say about Lillard, I had I had Devin Booker as well. Any argument you give Damian Lillard, I'll give it to you, right? But the only thing that I have to say is the Blazers got Nurkic back. They got Zach Collins back, right? It's a lot of the a lot of the same players that were in the Western Conference Finals last year, right? Mm-hmm. I know Dame is going off, snapping, right? No doubt about it. But the Suns are seven and zero in the bubble. That's all I gotta say, right? Nobody expected <laughs> that. They had no chance. Why are they even in the bubble? Why are they even in yeah. the bubble, right? They had the worst chance in the, in the West. Yes, yeah, they did. And you know, Devin chance. Booker is. Devin Booker over 30 points a game, clutch yeah. shots. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I just gave it. I mean, I gave it to him. Maybe it was a sympathy vote. Maybe the you know. No. I think I Devin think we Booker. also need to get him credit for uh, the big shot he hit in Kendall Jenner's 
Instagram comments. Ooh, that was that's big. That was very clutch. Very Unfortunately, clutch she well. won't be able to visit the bubble though because they do not have a yeah. long-standing relationship. Uh, don't they though? She'll be back with Ben know. Simmons. I don't know. I'm sure. Wow. Yeah, she's visiting Ben yeah, and seeing Devin and Jordan Clarkson. And Jordan Clarkson. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and a half and dozen Blake. other people. <laughs> uh, Blake Griffin's not there, right? Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's go on to our next award here. Uh, Can I come just back. mention before we get off of Devin Booker that he yeah, no, beat yes. the 76ers? He did. Sorry. He beat up on them. Thanks. Just to mention that to you. And just one of the toughest, game. the coldest buzzer beaters of the year. Mm. 35 piece. Another mm. light skin killer. <laughs> <laughs> so, comeback player of the year went to Carmelo Anthony. I think yay, this one yay, is. Doug. There was some, some other votes here. Mm-hmm. Do we have do we have a huge gripe though? Is this something we need to talk about? No, no but I, I, I have say I picked Melo, but I like Markel. I think that's that's not a bad pick. I thought I like that was Markel solid as well. Yeah, solid. And uh, now, Mike, you had Dwight. I picked Dwight Howard, and you know, if if you just looked at his basketball reference page, you wouldn't look at this year as a comeback player of the year. His his, his career low in minutes and points and rebounds. But he is a very functioning member of a very good team. And I don't think that that's something we thought we'd be saying about Dwight Howard maybe ever again. Um, He fits in well. He plays his role very well. And they actually need him, I think. Um, I think that he is an important piece for them. And they need him, especially in the playoffs here, when they try to outsize these guys. When You know, they're lacking the guards. They're going to try to outsize these guys. They're going to need Dwight. Mm -hmm. So I went with Dwight there. But, you know, Melo – Mellow's the sympathy pick. You know, everybody, everybody loves Mellow. We're all you we're hate Mellow. Oh, you I hate Mellow so much. <laughs> you hate him so yeah. much. I don't yeah, know. Whole, you know, he cursed out anyone who said no. Mellow deserves an apology. Hey, he, <laughs> three he episodes ago, he does not. He's deserve playing an like apology. an above replacement, above replacement, like not, starter. He does not deserve an apology for sucking you, for the last two and a half years. You give this man his an apology now. I'm sorry Listen. you sucked and then you went and got better. Listen, if you're tuning in, if, you, if you're listening and you like Mellow, light Mike up in the comments. I love Mellow. <laughs> I love Mellow. Todd, how long have got, I been a Mellow apologist? He, he, he got a Mellow jersey and everything. He That's loves what I'm I'm just right. saying, like he sucked. That's okay. Sorry, I'm off it. Sorry. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> no, right. I do like I do like the I do like the Dwight pick. I would say I do really like the Dwight pick because yeah. all, all, alternate between him and Javale McGee, you can tell they always have a rim protector on the floor. That's great. The only thing I was questionable about this is unrelated to comeback player, but it's Quinn Cook. Why are we talking about it? Because I just don't understand how he fits in that team with how much guard play they have, and then also picking up Dion. And I get that you want to put shooters around Braun. Don't get me wrong. But with Dion being one of their primary ball handlers, you have Caruso at that guard position. You also have um, JR at that guard position. It was just really weird to see them get Quinn Cook. That was well, I will tell you. I will tell you just don't trust him. With this Lakers team, he does not fit with this Lakers team. He will be on the bench probably through the playoffs. And if he does have to play, then they're in big trouble. Quinn Cook yeah. is a ring. That's what I thought. They got he's the a ring collector. Baby. Yeah. He's a ring collector. He's like Patrick McGaw. He's the new Patrick McGaw. Yeah. 
Also, I will say on Melo, he's only averaging two oh, more points man. than he did in Houston. <laughs> he and hates he's Melo. He's averaging, he hates less, he's averaging less points than he did in Oklahoma City. What is he coming back from? Listen, it's about your impact, baby. He was out there. Yeah. Ah, that's cool. Come on, man. Okay. All right. Enough Melo. But one more thing on Melo. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Okay. So let's get to the real awards. Not that ours aren't real. Uh, defensive Player of the Year went to Giannis Attentacupo, a.k.a. the Greek freak of the Milwaukee Bucks. And this is his first time winning the award. He might win it in the – he might win the actual award. I think he has the best, like, opponent field goal percentage in the paint or something like that is fourth in 50-50 balls recovered or some, some crazy stat they were showing like that on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he's been, you know, obviously an excellent defender throughout his entire career, but I think this year he took it to another level. Any gripes about Giannis winning Defensive Player of the Year at all? Let me make my AD case real quick. Go right ahead. <laughs> so, AD, I think overall, if I had to pick one defender, I'm, I want AD on my team as a defender. He was one of only two people to average 1.5 steals and two blocks this year, and I'm saying that because – not only can he guard any big you want, he can guard guards. He can switch on to guards, and he can play them as well as any big in the league. I think something, you know, Giannis has incredible numbers, but we keep going back to, like, the Bucks have, like, historic numbers in every category, offense and defense, and we still don't think that they're, like, this juggernaut that is going to run through the finals, right? I think that they are really deep, great regular season team. For me, the Lakers, the lack of perimeter defense, the lack of, you know, Avery Bradley was great, but even Avery Bradley is not, like, they don't have a truly elite, you know, perimeter defense. And I think that AD gets caught with a lot of that slack. They put, mm-hmm. you know, pick and roll, pick and roll. If I have one pick and roll defender in the league, you give me AD on that backside. I think that he's elite. I think, you know, switch him on. And uh, I just think that, like I said, I think the numbers, his numbers get hurt a little bit because of that Lakers, the lack of perimeter defense. But uh, I think that, just watching the game in eye test level, I think that he just makes the biggest impact on defense as anybody in the league. Fair. It's weird also that AD has been in the league this long and like his defensive impact is, you know, always up there and he probably won't win it this year. I would, I would say he could, I don't know, but he probably won't win it again this year. He And he doesn't have a defensive player of the year award yet. That is strange to me because like he's widely known as one of the best defenders in the league. Yeah. And one of the most impactful uh, defenders. It's, it's weird, right? Do you know how easy it is if I was Anthony Davis? I got LeBron out there locking up everybody that tries to get by him. This is going to be so <laughs> – no, but seriously, I have Giannis here. Um, so just – Maybe the eye test thing is is true, and I, I think it's probably close eye test. You know, Giannis just covers so much ground, yeah. and he is basically playing center a lot, a lot of the time. But like defensive box plus minus, so like if you're above zero, you're a good defender. If you're below zero, you're probably not a great defender compared to the average guy. Giannis leads the league four point one. The next highest guy is two point six. So like pretty big gap there. Uh, between Giannis and the next highest guy. And then defensive win shares, he leads the league as well. Anthony Davis is second, though. Um, but So just looking at it from that, and then if, if you want to say the eye test is close, then maybe I think Giannis, that, the, he, he, he gets it, yeah. Fair. For sure. For sure. All right. So we're going to move on to the next award. 
And this one, we're going to have to decide live on the show. Uh, the sixth man of the year award. We obviously, as you can see, we have five voters. Two voted for Schroeder. Two voted for Montrez Harrell. One voted for Lou Williams. So Taylor, being the one person who voted for Lou Williams, is going to decide uh, after we make a little argument here for our, each of our candidates. So I voted for Montrez Harrell. Todd, were you who, – who else was yeah. it that voted for Harold? You were the other I one, right? Harold okay. too. Yeah. So, Todd, I'm going to let you take this one and, and give the defense for Harold. Um, Mike, Sean, who wants to go for Dennis Schroeder? Sean. What's on, Mike? Give, give it to I can take Okay. I Mike, can. Okay. All right. So, you guys give the cases for these guys. Taylor, you are the deciding vote for sixth man <laughs> of the year. Wait, wait. Can I say something real quick? Go ahead. Yes. You know how many times I've mediated arguments between these two in my life? <laughs> and, and whether or not, okay, I'm just going to tell you this. Whether or not uh, Todd is right, and I agree with Todd, Mikey always makes it, he always puts it in a way that I'm like, well, maybe. I see that side too. So I'm good at arguing. I'll be on bias. I'll be on bias. Let's okay. Go. I'm ready for it. Yeah. Right. So, go right. first. You can go so, first, Todd. You can go first. All right, cool. So, Harold, okay, I think, you know, he is, like, this linchpin behind, like, obviously you got Kawhi and Paul George, but I think that he is, like, the glue to that team. He brings energy. I think a lot of nights you have, you know, random people, random lineups for the Clippers, but he is that guy that brought the energy every night. He is critical. Like I said, the linchpin is as far as their, like, their uh, frontline defense. Like, he is the big guy that just guards people. He's a dog. He gets the boards. He can push the break. And, you know, he had solid numbers, but I think overall the, the case for Harrell is that he is a critical part to that Clippers team, who's the second seed in the West. And Lou Will, I think, you know, is close. But Lou Will, you know, he, he does what Lou Will has been doing for a long time. And I think that 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 second wave, I think that just the difference that Harrell makes when he's on the court for, the, you know, the second best team in the West, I think that I think that's the difference. Like Schroeder is great, don't get me wrong. And that three-guard lineup in OKC is amazing. But I think that, you know, if who's more critical to the success of their team, I think it's Harrell. That's a good case. I, I like Harrell a lot. And he's probably having his best season he's had. He's averaging 18. Good energy guy, right? Um, you know, an average defender, I would probably say. Not, not that good, but he's, he's solid out there. Um, he's not going to be enough to stop AD if we want to talk about that, but um, but good off good offensive player, really good rim diver. So Schroeder, like best season ever. Um, if you, he honestly could be in a most improved conversation as well. Uh, so let's pull up sh just the stuff. I mean, he's averaging 18, 19, really uh, four assists playing in that three guard system or really two guard. A lot of the time, if, if he's in with Paul or SGA, he just fits his role really nice. He's having career high in averages. Actually, you know, the knock on him has always been the defense. He's actually picked it up to a level this year where he's average to actually doing a pretty good job. Uh, I'd probably call him a good defender this year even. Obviously, he has trouble with guys who have a little more size when he's in there playing the two-guard role. But off the bench, he creates a lot of energy. And the second unit for the Thunder has really been the unsung hero of really the entire Western Conference because, you know, when you look at that roster, and we're talking earlier about how Chris Paul is, you know – the best ever and doing Amazing. all this shit. Amazing. Schroeder really is doing just as much as Chris Paul here. If you look at the numbers and the bench unit where the Thunder have really had their advantage with that 
bench unit and Schroeder's leading the way there. And, you know, if you want to talk about Harold being the really important guy on a, on the second best team in the league or the second best team in the West, well, like Schroeder's a really important guy on a team who we didn't expect to be anything this year, but because of his play is a, you know, four, four or five seed this year. So it's close. You can go either way, but uh, I mean, I, I like, I like Schroeder this year, 19 and four. Um, and he, and he's shooting it super well, 47% and, and 38 from three this year. Like he's really stepped it up this year. All right. So Taylor, you got the definitive vote. Who are you picking Dennis Schroeder or Montrez Harrell? Well, I tell you, going into this, I, I, I did vote for Lou Williams just because, you know, just watching the the Clippers without him in the bubble just kind of mm-hmm. just goes to show, like, they need that third offense threat. So that's off Lou Williams. My second vote would have been Montrezl Harrell. And that's before the arguments, and I understand the arguments completely. I do agree that Schroeder, this is the first year that he's, like, really, really, like, taking a step back, yeah. it seems, you know, understood his role, excelled in his role, led the second unit. Um, but I, I just, I mean, I love the impact, the eye test, whatever you want to call it, 18 points a game, Montrez Harrell, you know, that he brings to the second seed in, in the West, right? The Clippers yeah. are one of the best, they're, they're, you know, could be the favorite right now. I don't know Vegas odds right now, but I've they, are. they are the favorites, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. He's just, he, he works so hard, second unit, does all the dirty work, not a great defender. He's kind of undersized, but he hustles, you know. I, but I, I think Lou Williams kind of, you know, him, they have the best pick and roll duo. They did last year, at least ever True. almost statistically. Uh, I like Montrezl Harrell. I think he, I think he deserves it. I think Schroeder's a good second. I think he has a good runner up, but I'm going to go Montrezl. Okay. So right. we will change the award this year to the seventh man award. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a little right. salt in there for Mike. <laughs> As Montrez Harrell wins the six and a half man award of yeah. <laughs> this year. Uh, so if you disagree, comment. Let us know who you got. Or if you had your six man is Lou Will, go ahead, throw it in the comments. Next award we have is most improved. And before we even get to this, I just want to say that this was probably the other than sixth man, the hardest award. Like there were so many guys that deserve this as of, I mean, they narrowed it down to three, of course, um, mm-hmm. for us, but like Devonte Graham, you know, who didn't get nominated for this had an excellent case for most improved player. Um, and there were a few others that had an argument as well. Even Pascal Siakam could mm-hmm. has a, you know, a case here. Um, so there was a lot of improvement in the NBA this year, um, which is great to see always. But the winner of this category for us this year uh, was Brandon Ingram of the New Orleans Pelicans, um, who saw an, I mean, yeah, an incredible. Yeah, cool. I agree with that. And, and talk about how <laughs> how much better he was this year. Uh, but Brandon Ingram wins uh, the wins the most improved player. Anybody with a gripe, like you know, I really feel someone else should have won this award. I now, just want to say I, I wanted have... to vote for Bam. Me too. Yeah, 
Yeah, I already said I don't have a big gripe because I do think there may be a better case to be made about Brandon Ingram. I'm not mad at that. Mm-hmm. Me, I went, with, I went with Shea. And the reason I went with Shea is obviously he's being mentored under CP3 along mm-hmm. with his contribution to this OKC team. So coming off of 10 points last year, or close to 11, he's now up at 19. And I think that's kind of really the end of the argument unless you're factoring in his impact on the team. Because yeah. the stats from Brandon Ingram being on that Pelicans team obviously increased with them being the go-to option on that squad. So his numbers are a little bit better, but I was measuring it that along with the impact. And I think Shea's going to be pretty good in the future. Um, he is going to be really good, yeah. And and really, Shea, I mean, I think Shea has just as good an argument as Luca has. If you look at most improved players. Mm-hmm. So if you look at last year compared to this year, the the argument there is that do you give it to a guy who's in his second year going from a rookie to a sophomore year? I don't know. I think probably it's okay to do if the if the jump is there, which it was mm-hmm. for both of these guys. So I don't hate either of them if they were to win this award. Um, obviously Shea was not a finalist, but Luca was. Uh, I went with Bam myself. You know, and Brendan Ingram was really good. I mean, he, he jumped five points. A lot of it was just change of scenery, but he also did get a lot better. And the shooting was so much better this year, the three-point shooting. Um, but but Bam really took a leap where not only was there a statistical jump, uh, obviously, and he's getting more minutes, and he's so involved in, in, the, in the team now and the defense. He's obviously like the centerpiece there, even with the rest of the guys that they have. But then offensively now, we're really there. He, he's becoming one of these guys, you know, this is kind of like the last five years probably we've seen this a lot now where, you know, a lot of offenses when they run their sets, it's like, okay, like let's get it to the high post. Let the center work here. Everybody clears out like this, you know, uh, kind of like a kind of like Todd High we used to run in high school actually. But Five out Todd uh, High, baby. Five, five out Todd High. We used to run that a lot. And, <laughs> and Bam has become a guy who can do that serviceably. And before this year, like, I think they looked at him and probably deservingly so the last two, his first two years. And it was like, we can't go through him on offense. Like we can't really have him have the ball on offense. He's a guy who he, he will have putbacks if he gets an offensive rebound, or maybe he's diving to the rim, but that's really it. Uh, and he was a negative on the offensive end. And then that's really why they were, they, they looked at how Hassan Whiteside and they said like, okay, like we actually need you to play. Um, I'm sure that they didn't want him to play. Another guy that I really hate is on Whiteside, but oh but they kind of had to because they're like, well, we need someone who can handle the ball because we don't have these guys. Now they get Jimmy this year, and they say like, okay, like we can afford to have Bam out there a lot, and like Bam improved a lot over the off season. He got a lot better at it. So and then he improved. I think he's up eight points per game, and um, he's a really really important piece on a really really good team. Um, so I gave him the vote. Certainly no gripes though with Bi. Fair. So you know, I wanted oh, man, to give to yeah. Bam so bad, but yeah, I just me think too. Ingram across the board, you know, better three point percentage, free throw, rebounding, steals, points. You know, I think he really evolved this year into like a primary scoring option on a team that obviously didn't do as well as expected. But maybe with you know, we'll see. Maybe Zion his numbers did, but I think Ingram yeah. just I gave it to him because he got that he got more of a chance. Like with the Lakers, he was playing with Braun. You could tell that's not really his game, and I think yeah. The first year that he kind of did get the keys, I think he showed that he is an all-star level talent. And But, yeah, obviously. But I really did. Like, I, I want Bam on my team 10 times out of 10 over Ingram. But I just think for this category, I, I was really on the fence, but Ingram just slightly got it for me. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Bam fan as fan as well, uh, especially as a point former point guard who didn't have the luxury of playing with a ton of like talented bigs. Um, but shout out to my guy, Devin Thomas. He was, he was the best big man I ever played with who went to Wake Forest. But like the one thing, the reason I love yeah. Bam and shout out my guy, Tim Betts, the best big guy I ever played with. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, the thing I love about Bam is uh, in pick and roll situations, he's like one of the few big men who catches in that in-between area and knows how to turn face and make the next pass like so many I watched so many big men catch in that situation and fumble that shit or yeah. walk travel you know what I mean and it's just ugly it's like god you can't even pass you the ball in between unless it's like a lob or you know what I mean we're we're gifting you a layup uh seeing a big man who can actually just catch turn make the next pass or turn put the ball on the floor one time and dribble and finish um is great we need more big men uh, that can do that. So shout out to my guy Bam, man. It was tough not voting for him. They're pretty, move, they're pretty tight on the, the the travels this year in the bubble. I would say. Well, we agree. Yeah, I'm yeah. seeing yeah. a lot That's of that being called. All right, yeah, sure. So next category, Coach of the Year. Uh, finalists for this one were Billy Donovan, Mike Budenholzer, and Nick Nurse. And this award unanimously went to Mike's favorite person in the world, Nick Nurse. Uh, he's not my favorite person. Behind him <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. Favorite coach in the world, yeah. Nick Nurse. Uh, you know what I think? I think we should split it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> who, who thought of that? Who said, yeah, let's do that? Who did that? And didn't well, include Nurse. And didn't include <laughs> Nurse, yeah. That's ridiculous. I so, just thought that was funny. Next award, since we were all unanimous on that one, yeah. we have one more we were all unanimous on. Rookie of the Year. Uh, this one on. uh, of the finalists between Zion, Kendrick Nunn, and Ja Morant went to, drumroll please, Ja Morant. I think that's pretty obvious. He might unanimously yeah. win it in real life. Um, yeah. uh, Zion, Zion's going to steal some votes. Um, just off of his name. Disgraceful. But yeah. he's going to steal like two or three votes, but this should obviously go to John Morant, um, yeah, the sure. best rookie in the league. Todd thinks he should have went number one, look in hindsight. I'll get to that in a couple of weeks in an article. We'll see. But uh, a fair argument can be made there, especially with the direction the NBA is moving in. Fair yeah. argument can be made there. So He time, needs to learn how to land, though. He can't. Yeah, yes, he, he, scares, he scares me. Yeah, he scares me. I'm getting, and, I'm getting flashbacks of uh, uh, Derrick Rose. Yeah. Uh, we'll, yeah. Well, Derrick Rose, scary. But time will tell. Time will tell. But this year's Rookie of the Year, absolutely John Moran. And last but certainly not least, the biggest award unanimously went to the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo. And Todd, you're shaking your head, and Hurts I me, was man. expecting I was expecting you to vote for LeBron. What happened, man? <laughs> I just I wanted to. I really wanted to. I've had a lot of time to stop and think about it. I can't I can't delineate between the LeBron, you know, fanboy in me. And <laughs> I just I it was one of those things where I had to take a step back and saw the you know everyone around me was picking Giannis and. 
as much as I believe LeBron is the MVP, I think I think Giannis deserves the MVP. And he had an historic year, honestly. I mean, at the end of the day, that guy had a crazy year, and he deserves it. So everybody around you said, Tar, you should be unbiased. Got it. Cool. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Giannis is a beast, man. Yeah. So Giannis, anyway. according to the All In Network, Giannis is going to be the first player to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year since Hakeem Olajuwon. Is that correct? Wow. Uh, with, the Houston, with the Houston Rockets. I, Michael Jordan was the only other player to do it at all, um, but his was done, I believe, in 88. Um, so Hakeem Olajuwon was the last player to do it when he won MVP with the Rockets. That's decent uh, company. That is very, very, very decent. You know, like that sounds like an all-star caliber player to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that. But uh, all right. Well, that wraps up all the awards that we have for today's show. Um, so before we wrap it up, any final comments from any of our panelists? We'll start with Sean. Any final comments? Why you start with me? Well, because you're next to me on my Zoom screen here, so oh, <laughs> I'm going in order. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything. I would say I'm honestly just excited for some playoff ball. I would say the bubble yeah. is a different atmosphere, and it's been great. I think it's helped a lot of people numbers wise. Because we got personal age, we had a break. We got to really see the people that's putting in the work in the off time. And I don't think Zion's one of them, first of all. he, When he runs, his feet barely come off the ground, but it's a 45-inch vert, which is nuts yeah. to me. Wow. He waddles. Yeah, he's like, boop, boop. <laughs> Back and forth. And it's funny because uh, I was watching Ball with Crystal, and she pointed it out. I was like, hustle, I said, hustle plays, like when they're getting out in transition, he is actually last a lot of times. And at first I was like, maybe he's not out of shape. Like maybe he actually is in shape and he's just big and you know, he's flexing, showing his muscles. I think he's out of shape. I think that's why I already say, but that's just, me. I feel like, baby fat. I feel like <laughs> we all got a little bit when you're young, a little, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Sean, like I that. feel like, I feel like we need one episode, just one where you don't bring up your fiance, just one. That's all. <laughs> hey, baby! <laughs> get in, get in, get in the pod. <laughs> Funny. But uh, all jokes aside, we appreciate you coming on the show today, man. Joining the All In NBA panel, uh, giving your votes and everything like that, dedicating your time. We appreciate that. Um, Taylor, any final thoughts for the episode today? Two final thoughts. So. I don't understand the coach of the year. I, we we <laughs> talked about that. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. Um, Nick Nurse, clear. I mean, without Giannis, and the team looks better, right? Like, I don't understand. And uh, the second thing, Carmelo Anthony, closest thing to Hoodie Mello that I've seen in the hey. I think I think it's the, <laughs> yeah. uh, I like the, it, maybe it's the environment. I don't know, the rec league style. I don't know what it is. But Look. I see Hoodie Mello in the bubble, and I like. Look at Mike. Look at Mike. Look at Mike. That's not a hoodie. It's a turtleneck. <laughs> ain't a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love Mello. Don't Mike get me started. Does, does love Mello. He does love Mello. Todd, any last thoughts? No, I left it all on the uh, the four today. All I gotta say is the rest of the killers <laughs> and Breonna Taylor. Yes. No. No. 
that's not a laughing matter. Arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. No, yes. I was like, laughing yes. at him. No, no. Well, he he slid that in there after telling a joke. Like, yeah. we need to we need to highlight that. Arrest them. Yeah, no, that's real talk. That's real talk. Arrest. Blake Blake Griffin might have been onto something. Let's use reverse psychology. Don't arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. We're gonna use reverse right. psychology. Don't steal it. Let's see if that gets something done. In front of people, gonna, I was gonna say they're gonna clip that. They're gonna clip it. They're gonna clip it. Yeah, well, come on, don't it. do that. Don't they're do that to me. And, and people gonna say I'm anti-black. He said, "Don't do it." He said, "Don't do it." That's a good dude to you, man. My nah, guy, my partner in crime, bad, Mikey Badzik. Any other yes. thoughts for today's show? Uh, no, we appreciate our panel for for voting for us and submitting your votes. We do not give you a ton of notice, so we appreciate it. appreciate you coming on. Guys, everybody watching, subscribe to the channel, guys. Subscribe and turn on notifications when you know, so you know when we go live again and when we drop videos. Uh, Carter Hoek, that's Hulk. your boy, Coop. Hulk. That's your boy. My Hulk, young Carter PG, Hulk. shout out Carter. He commented on this video, <laughs> Mike is the type to put Fred Van Fleet all NBA third team. Now, look at Mike. I like <laughs> I just might do that. I just might do that. That's actually not a bad idea. I mean, oh, if you watched man. the finals last year, he's definitely a top two point guard in the league. The other oh, one being Kyle Lowry. God. Oh my god! If you watched the finals last year, thank you, Carter, for giving me an opportunity to uh, talk about my guy Fred. Jesus, all right. That's enough. Of you. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in uh, to another episode of the All In Podcast. Like Mike said, uh, make sure you subscribe. All subscriptions matter. Um, so please subscribe to the channel. Um, those of you who will be listening to this on audio uh, after the fact, uh, make sure you leave a rating, uh, reviews, things like that. All of that helps us reach broader audiences. Um, so thank you guys so much for tuning in so far. Uh, new episode of Rain and Bliss coming at you tomorrow. Um, or Thursday if you're listening retroactively. Um, and if you're tuning into the live or if you missed the live, uh, you can catch it on our YouTube channel as well. It'll be posted there. Um, but again, thanks to our excellent panel. This was fun uh, live on YouTube for the first time. So again, we appreciate you guys uh, joining us for this. Um, first of many, hopefully. Um, thank you guys again for tuning in to another episode. And we will see you guys on Monday. Thanks. Peace out. See With the NBA playoffs coming back, something we're going to be seeing a lot is every player's fresh new cut. But you know what else needs a fresh new cut? Your lawn. That's why you should hit up Tavon's Lawn Care. Tavon's Lawn Care LSC is a black family-owned business located in York, Pennsylvania. Tavon's Lawn Care, or TLC for short, since they provide each job with tender love and care, has been in business for over 10 years. Founded by owner Tavon Parker, TLC aims to provide employment for underprivileged youth while providing great service at a reasonable rate. Visit Tavon, Tavon's Lawn Care LLC or Tavon's Lawn Care on Facebook and Instagram to view their portfolio and request your cost-free quote today.